Hey, good morning, wonderful people. Welcome to my channel. We are doing Nalam Shakti study number six. Now, this one is of a chart of a gentleman who approached me from the wife's perspective, meaning the wife approached us, approached me for consultation. What's going on with my husband? I don't know why he is so detached. I don't know why he is acting like this or acting like that, and so on and so forth. This brings me to a very curious point. I wanted to get this, especially men out there. From the women's point, I get it, but men kind of seem to be very thick about such things. In my experience, it's invariably I have seen a trend where women or the wives. the girlfriends or whatever it is they tend to come to me with a chart saying please look at the chart of this guy my husband my boyfriend or whatever it is and tell me what i should be doing please advise mr astrologer and why is this trend i have been thinking about like why are all the women coming to me why not so many men what's going on there and then i started getting the downloads about this of why that might be the case and i want to think about it men really hard men out there it is the shakti principle and you got to understand this in a larger context always it's the women who are protectors of the nest it's women who are the shakti embodiment in this world is the feminine gender you might say the soul embodied in feminine bodies the women of this world the mothers the sisters the wives the girlfriends you name it they get take any number of roles they are the embodiment of shakti they know what a nest is they know what a house is they know how to maintain the house they know how to bring forth life from their womb they know how to feed them take care of them put up with all their bs right all the kids bs i mean <coughs> you know that's bs so they know this kind of thing because life inherently flows in shakti this entire creation is a is sustained and created by shakti okay shiva is just pure consciousness shiva doesn't get a crap or goes on here shakti is the one who maintains his wife maintains everything sustains everything every living tissue blood bones every atom every bird every tree everything that goes on here is known and sustained by divine mother shakti and in human form this female embodiment is very very powerful because they sense it they have that's why the maximum intuition they have the maximum understanding they have the maximum knowing they have the maximum grounding they know how to make things work right up to the earthy level they know how to run the kitchen they know how to take care of the husband they know how to take care of the kids in spite of all kids being very different of this they look at ah okay this my son is like this my daughter is like this hmm. i will take care of these two clowns they know how to do it they know how to pull it off much better than men because they are designed for that you might say okay so that's where i'm coming from and that's what you need to know this is why women come running with the men's chart women can understand their kids women need to hear this women can understand their kids because they give birth to them right they know them right from the time they are breastfeeding them so they know the little rascal very well very well like the back of their hand they can feel when the child is hungry or just putting up tantrums right mothers all you mothers know this 
So children is not a problem for women in general. It's the husband or the boyfriend which is the X factor. You see, because they are not giving birth to the husband. The husband becomes a strange X factor for the women. It becomes a challenge. And so, well, I try to do my little best, whatever is humanly possible with what little astrology knowledge I have. And I suggest to them, look at it this way, please look at it this way. There may be some possibility, try to give some hope, try to give some aspect. Although sometimes it may not be possible. And those are the times things just take the karmic path, things just go what they have to do. It's like nature. Nature just takes its own course, the river takes its own course, karma takes its own course and river must flow to the sea, you know, all this natural order of things. It takes that turn. Sometimes that happens, you can't control it. Sometimes you can't control it. In fact, most times you can't control it because people don't take conscious steps. This is where I come from in Conscious Astrology. I have named this great channel as Conscious Astrology is precisely for this reason. People need to take conscious control. In much the same way, you get up every morning, consciously decide what breakfast I'm going to have today. Or do you just drift into the kitchen and just take whatever it is and put it in your mouth? That is unconscious. Most people live their life like this, unconscious. My hope is that you take a little better decision in this. So let us see this poor gentleman's chart, whom the wife brought the chart and said, please tell me something. Give me, throw some light on this from astrological perspective. It doesn't make sense how this guy is behaving. Okay, so let's see what this guy is. And if there's a hope for them, because hope is the centerpiece of our existence as humans. We all hope for a better future for ourselves, for our kids, for you know everything. For our society, for our country, for the world, for nature, you name it. Human beings think of betterment. We are built to make things better. Yes. So let's get right into Navabsha case study number six. So there you have it, Navabsha case study number six. Now this gentleman is a Pisces ascendant. The last case was also Pisces ascendant, that was a lady. Let's call this gentleman Mr. R, okay? And let's see his 1-7 axis. Now we are just saying, as to recall, we are saying 1-7 and 4-10 axis, okay? The Aries Libra and the Cancer Capricorn axis. Kal Purusha Lagna aspect. Okay, so let's see what's going on in his chart. First of all, he's a Pisces student looking at Gemini. So, she needs to hold him. She is the earth sign, he is the water sign. This is the way it's going to work here, right, in this dynamic. So first of all, number one point is Pisces ascendant water looking to be held by Virgo, the earth sign. Dispositor of the ascendant Jupiter is strong, okay, because it's in a fire sign, Jupiter does well in fire signs. It's in Leo, Jupiter, right? But in the house of quarrels, enemies, debts, and so on and so forth. Fortunately, why? Because it's sixth place from looking at his from his side. Now we are looking at from the ascendant side, looking at the dispositor of the ascendant. Very important to know the dispositor of the ascendant. Although you must pay attention to cusp of the ascendant also. Okay, let's see. So Jupiter is sitting in the sixth house, sixth house, debts, quarrels, fights, uh, debts, loans, litigation. 
and bad stuff dushtana house right now we do not want the sixth house touching the house of spouse that's not a very good idea right because you are always quarreling with the spouse what's the point of that why did you get married right I mean, it doesn't make any sense so jupiter is strong but is in the house of quarrels enemies debts etc fortunately not looking at the seventh house jupiter is not looking at the seventh house jupiter in five looks at what and it looks at nine so he looking at family yes there's a bit of a thing there there is a bit of fight jupiter in the sixth house if it is exalted if it is high in energy <clears throat> if it looks at this this person will tend to bring fights at home harsh speech of sorts because it's a harsh house this energy jupiter will try and bring it to the home and family friends so this guy might be a little more irritated angry harsh at speech with the home and family second house is the home and family there is a bit of that but not towards spouse directly because we are talking about spouse here let's stick to the topic yeah now number 2 the spouse ascendant virgo like is virgo like not necessarily virgo we should see her chart for that the lady who brought me this chart of her husband with mercury in its own sign is exalted mercury has got the highest placement own sign in virgo the highest form of mercury is attained in virgo the earth part and mercury has got a earth like element just so you know so it's in its own sign so she looking at it from her ascendant perspective is a very good communicator very grounded in virgo mercury sitting in the ascendant is an excellent communicator grounded very good with people and very good with community because 7th house is also place for others in general business partnerships is very good business person looking at it from his perspective also he will get a spouse who is very business like entrepreneurial okay communicating with her spouse is vital for her understanding of him why because looking at it from her perspective mercury sitting in the red in the ascendant so she wants to communicate to resolve problems guess why she came to me for, as an astrologer to see her chart she wants to find out grounded reasons how to make it better with her husband right now number 3 rahu from the 9th combined with exalted mars now this this is where the chart really gets tricky so follow me carefully we are looking at this now okay Rahu from the ninth. Rahu is the ninth, looking at it from his perspective. And exalted Mars as the dispositor. Mars is sitting in Scorpio. Is very good in Scorpio, right? Mars in Scorpio. Exalted Mars. And as the dispositor of this Rahu, Rahu's dispositor becomes Mars, and Mars is sitting along with Rahu. Remember this as the rule. Whenever the dispositor of Rahu sits in the same house as Rahu, it becomes super powerful and super charged in the chart. Both chart natal navabsha doesn't matter which division chart you take. Okay, makes him passionately driven to learn higher, dig deeper. Deep lakes and water bodies can calm him and connect him. Why? Because it's in Scorpio. Scorpio stands for still water. I made this one very early on, maybe two years ago. You can see that Scorpio, the still water. 
Scorpio energy is like the calm lake. Okay, Aquarius is like the still air. These two are the opposite signs, right? One is fixed air, one is fixed water. So these are deeply introverted, deeply powerful signs, Aquarius and Scorpio. Never mind, back to. So this person loves to dig deep into aspects because Scorpio and Rahu in ninth makes a person learn higher philosophy, higher learning, maybe learn Tantra, maybe Mantra, maybe Yantra, maybe any number of things, right? Or maybe even higher education. But in this case, it's going Scorpio, so it's very deep. And for Pisces ascendant, it makes him dig deep into emotion. Pisces looking at Scorpio as the ninth house. Think of that. Makes him highly Mars towards the ascendant. Rahu is looking towards the ascendant. It makes him highly sexually passionate. Highly widowed, tied to deep emotion. Kind of, you know, one plus from the eight. So it's like he is highly sexual, highly widowed in nature, but at the same time, he's transcending that into emotional achievement in sexual unionship. Oh my god. Why? Because his Rahu is sitting in Anuradha Nakshatra. Mars is sitting in Anuradha Nakshatra. Now I'm taking one level deeper. We are going to Nakshatra level, right? Makes him like this. Okay. She, on the other hand, what does the lady do? What does the wife do here? She, on the other hand, sees detachment to materialistic life. Okay. Because Ketu is looking at her from his eighth house. Right? This is looking at her ascendant. We are looking at Rahu towards his ascendant and Ketu towards her ascendant. You see the white arrows here? Rahu towards him as ascendant, Ketu towards her ascendant. Okay. So Ketu from her ascendant looks at her fifth and ninth houses. And what does it do for her? It detaches her from materialistic stuff. Why? Because it is sitting in Taurus. Taurus is all opposite side of Scorpio. It's all about material pursuits. It's all about I want money, I want wealth, I want real estate, I want land, I want this, come on, show me the money. That's Taurus. And it is sitting in Rohini with Venus combined. It should not be the case. Actually, it should be the opposite. Mars should be with Ketu in 8. That's very well. And Rahu should be in Rohini with Venus. I would have made, I don't know, next Elon Musk or whatever. But now since we have detachment from material aspects for the lady because it is looking combined with Venus towards her ascendant, right? Husband seems detached to her. She on the other hand sees detached to materialistic life, looks at her ascendant. Although husband seems detached to her. Why does husband seem detached to her? For husband, Sketu is sitting in the third house looking at the seventh house. This comes the critical part. This is why this lady bought this chart to me. And I can see this time and time again. There will be something in the chart. Women, please understand. There will be something in the chart of the husband. Either in Mahadasha or Antetasha or Navamsha or Natal. Not too much Natal, Navamsha. Which will be sort of an indicator of why you feel the sense of detachment and women pick this up very strongly women are very intuitive if the husband is spouse is a little distant you know quiet introverted quiet introverted in an okay form is one thing quiet introverted in distance from affection the bond you know the 
emotional bond, psychological emotional bond that you have. There will be something in the chart indicating it. Please know this. There will be something indicating it. Can we work through it? Maybe. Most of the time, I would think. Can sometimes things go south? Maybe. Then you have to let it be. Then you have to just leave it to man upstairs. Yeah. Okay, getting back now. Looking at it, husband seems detached because Ketu is, from his perspective, Ketu is looking at the house of spouse. So this makes him detached from her as well. And doesn't matter whom he marries, by the way, even if he decides to call it a day with his marriage, next one also will have the same problem. You understand what I'm saying? So, because that's his Navam Shani me. This could be a recipe for divorce in bad periods or Mahadasha or Antadasha. For example, if this gentleman, I have not checked his Mahadasha, I am just giving you the basics here. If he is passing through Ketu Mahadasha or Ketu Antadasha in some other Mahadasha, this can get little tricky for him in that period, right? It may be temporary, it's not like it's permanent. Don't read too much into it. When Ketu hits one of hits one of the one seven axis in Namamsha, it causes natural detachment. Nothing, and I emphasize nothing, is good or bad about it. It is what it is. Sun rises in the morning. No, sun rising in the morning is good or bad. This is as silly as that. Stop being silly and childish. It is what it is. Exploring the ninth house from his angle and both of them would be a good start. This is the kind of my suggestion to the lady. You both have this house, his ninth house and your third house. Her third house becomes skills, hobbies, common things you do with the spouse. His ninth house is his passion because Rahu and Mars are very strong and acting in that area. And because she is an earth sign, I'm putting things together now. She is an earth sign. She needs to support that water. And this person, water in his head, emotional person, is more focused heavily on this area, which is his ninth house of philosophy and learning. So support him through doing hobbies together. You participate doing hobbies together. Study something together. Study philosophy together. Go for spiritual retreats together. This will excite him. You will bond well with him if you do this. Exploring the ninth house from his angle and third house from her angle would be a good start to passionate, deep, emotional bond. Why do I say emotional bond is important? She needs to support his emotions. His 159 axis only has moksha signs, emotional signs. Emotional bond for their unionship. Rather than calling it all this lame relationship, I would call it unionship. Communion. Those are better words. Explore and be adventurous with each other. This is one thing all you guys need to learn, please. You've got to come up with your own upbringing. I understand that. You have your own ideas, race, culture, religion. I get that. Really, I get that. We have our biases. I get that. But if you go out there and if you get married to a person, he's coming from a different place, different family, different every damn thing. It's not about you, what you want. Try to stop molding things according to your little fancy ideas. Look at this technology and bring it in a way that you can participate where you meet. 
is a meeting ground possible and if there is we give use it okay so let's see the four and axis now so what's happening in the four and axis well in his fourth house there is moon sitting in Mrigashira nakshatra I am taking it one step further okay I am putting a little nakshatra wherever it seems crucial to me so moon is in his Mrigashira nakshatra beautiful Devgana right in Gemini so moon makes him in the fourth house is in a very good position is in Devgana so this moon makes him think in terms of Devgana think in terms of softer things think in terms of higher learning provides him a good mother provided his maybe his mum is very inclined towards softer things of life maybe mum is an artistic nature look up the theme of Mrikshira Nakshatra in my Nakshatra playlist you will see moon and Mrikshira what can it provide themes of the moon okay it's a beautiful Nakshatra so sitting in fourth house he might be very attached to his mother very attached he gets more emotional nurturing caring and thinking because Gemini from his mother okay and it looks at the his 10th house of career also so his career also he might be very emotionally attached like he might take advices for his career from his mother for example now again we are back to looking at 4th and 10th with respect to the dispositors of 1 and 7 because 1 and 7 is the spouse axis right 4 and 10 is the emotional bond axis which we are trying to bridge the two between 1 and 7 to 4 and 10 that's the exercise we are doing now. So the dispositor of house number 4, Mercury again, in this case, is uh, 3, 6, 9 and 12 are all similar, right? They have got Jupiter on two sides and Mercury on two sides. So dispositor of house number 4 is sitting in the ascendant of the spouse which is excellent he can have excellent bond emotional with his spouse as well right this is four place from this uh, home seventh house looking at his perspective is four places two three and four that means a person finds here's the little trick okay the person any person when they get married their spouse becomes their home their spouse becomes their heart so the ascendant the dispositor of the fourth house in this case sitting in the seventh house is a good combination especially when moon is in a very nice nakshatra it makes him devoted to his spouse maybe the spouse is just seeing this because of some temporary mess with the ketu over there just a possibility again i have not checked the mahadashas so it might be women you need to understand it might be a temporary sense of disconnection don't make it too you know don't Make a whole drama about it. Don't go to hundred and marriage counselors and all the rubbish. Just look at the chart and first try to figure out things faster. It's like a shortcut. Now the ascendant dispositor in the sixth house. So what does this give us? Again, point number one, I have left it as it is. Point number two, this the ascendant Virgo Mercury in its own sign. She's a good communicator. She needs to do this. Point number two is also left from previous slide. Point number three, moon in his fourth house in Mrigashir Shanakshatra makes him search for a deeper, softer, tender emotions. 
very attached to his mother, very attached to homeland, maybe even buy his land in his home, in his homeland. She should connect to this more. She should be appreciative of his hunt for higher meanings relating to matters of the mind. We looked at the Mars and Kidu. Sorry, Mars and Rahu combination in the night. He wants to hunt the depth of the emotion. He wants to do it through emotion. He is always searching for higher meanings. Brikshira is a constant hunter. It's hunting in a softer way, not hunting for a prey. Brikshira is head of a deer. It is hunting for something soft. It is softly grazing the lands in Africa somewhere. Okay? That's Brikshira. It hunts for deeper meanings. It searches for deeper depth of relationship. They can be highly sensual in nature, but in the higher terms, not so much in the lustful terms, but more in a higher plane of the same passion. It's a scale. Okay, all these things are a scale. Dev, Rakshasa Gana, Manusha Gana, Dev Gana is a scale. It's not black and white. Nothing is black and white. It's shades of all kinds of colors in Vedic astrology. So, my conclusion with this guy. I would tell this missus, look missus, my dear lady, this is very much doable. Provided you focus both on your third house aspects, again we can go to the nakshatra level, da, 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 all that. And you can go, both of you can find that house and everything that house brings, in this case third house for her and in this case ninth house for him, as the meeting ground, as the way to start exploring whether this is possible or not. Life is an open-ended book. Whether you want to do something or not, no astrological chart is ever going to tell you. No astrologer can guarantee anything. Stop wasting your time with astrologers who go and telling that this and this and this is going to happen. You're going to have, you know, I don't know, water coming out of your ears. It's nonsense. Please don't believe such things. You are the ones living your life, you and your husband together in your nice sweet little house wherever you are trying to make them work. Please, take your life in your hands. It is possible. It is doable. Most times it is doable. Okay? I'll see you in the next one. Meanwhile, take care and be safe.